Hello. I'm so happy that we can have this conversation. Um, I am Miriam Irene, and I am passionate about non-monogamy, conscious relating, and polyamory. And Alicia Payne is also a really big expert on this topic with a lot of embodied knowledge. And um, yeah, I'm very happy to ask you some questions, Alicia, about this beautiful topic. And let me introduce you with something you wrote yourself on your website that uh, inspired me. Um, and yeah, then you can hit off with telling with, yeah, what inspires you to be so deeply connected to this topic. So Alicia, you wrote on your website, I am a sex, love and relationship coach. I help people connect deeply to themselves and their partners while exploring relationships that don't fit in the box. This is my mission in life because I am changing the social narrative on what a relationship is supposed to be. And I'm curious, Alicia, what is a relationship supposed to be according to you? <laughs> oh, such a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think that it's super important. So, you know, what happens is we have this social narrative that you fall in love, you move in together or you get married, you, you know, you, you follow these steps that mm -hmm. our culture says you're supposed to follow. And besides saying like, I'm in love with you, there's not a whole lot of conversation about what that means that happens mm -hmm. in general. Like, like it's not even modeled for us. Um, and so I think it's super important to, no matter what form your relationship takes, whether it's monogamy, non-monogamy, polyamory, wh whatever it is, it's super important that it, um, that it's like a super conscious choice that like you're mm -hmm. having a conversation about what a relationship is to you and mm -hmm. what kind of relationships were modeled for you. And mm -hmm. you know, what, what are the, the rules or the boundaries that you just automatically assume belong to a relationship and does your partner's ideas of that match right mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah so uh, we learn about the relationship escalator but um for you it's really important to have a really close look like what is authentic to me what do i uh, desire in a relationship what does my partner desire in the relationship and is that compatible or not yeah absolutely mm. absolutely i think that's probably one of the like what a great way to build a life that you want and build a relationship that you want that feels good that feels authentic and feel, and is like like thriving and, and maintains desire and intimacy and and vulnerability and mm -hmm. carrying that on over the long term right yeah so you say I am a sex lover and relationship coach, especially for people that um, go beyond um, relationships that, you know, the, the relationships that don't fit in the box. Uh, what are the topics that you encounter in your coaching? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> most of my clients are um, 
either have already begun exploring non-monogamy in some form, or are, um, I, I have a lot of couples who are at a point in their relationship where they want to open up. They want mm-hmm. to explore um, sexual or romantic relationships outside of their relationship. And I think it's, <laughs> it's super confusing to say we're going to open our relationship because you're not just opening an existing relationship and making like this one little change. When mm-hmm. you open a relationship, like you're burning it down and building an entirely new relationship. Mm-hmm. You can't all the same things and, and just make this one little change. It impacts everything. And so um, a lot of what I do is working with people on, on how to do that in a way that um, maintains a healthy self love, healthy relational love. Um, and yeah, and just not, not destroying everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So you say you cannot just open a relationship up, um, without kind of starting anew. Um, so the impact of opening up the relationship is so big. It really is. It really is. Because especially I think most people, um, particularly couples, like, like typically you'll have a couple that's been married for a long time or been together for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, well, maybe there's something else we can do. What's going to spice things up. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they're looking to spice things up sexually, the thing that they often don't consider is whoever they're inviting to their bedroom is also a person who also has reasons for being there and desires and needs and, and emotions. Um, and so to take that person into account and to take into account the things that you just can't anticipate the emotions that you can't anticipate the, the things that come up that mm-hmm. you, you know, like, like people will have a conversation. Oh, I think this is how I'm going to react. Yeah. But you really don't know until you're in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, can you tell me what your experience yourself has been with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was previously married for 13 years monogamously. Mm -hmm. Um, And when that relationship ended, I decided that I didn't want to be monogamous again. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I just, I wanted to have autonomy and freedom in my life. And I didn't think that being in a monogamous relationship would give me that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, it didn't make sense to me. And, um, then I fell in love again <laughs> with a man who was already polyamorous and, mm-hmm. you know, cause I thought I'm not going to be monogamous. I'm just going to be a big fat slut for the rest of my life. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no idea that other people felt that way or that other people even, you know, I just thought I was an outlier. Right. And then I met someone who was like, oh, yeah, I'm polyamorous. This is what that that is. Um, I love multiple people. I am in love with you. And I want you to have freedom and autonomy and do the things that make you happy while also uh, considering me and um, building a life with me. Mm. And so we've we've actually over five years run kind of a gamut of everything from having an open relationship that just included other sexual partners 
um, to swinging and going to sex parties mm -hmm. to polyamory and having multiple love relationships. We actually um, have are in a triad. There's three of us in a relationship for the last three years. Mm -hmm. And also we have the ability to um, explore other romantic or sexual relationships outside of that while just keeping everything really um, keeping the communication open, keeping everything very transparent and honest. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm curious, uh, you mentioned uh, before, like when you open up the relationship uh, after, for example, being a long time together monogamously, um, it's kind of starting from scratch because the new person uh, is also a human being and uh, you have to learn to relate in a new way, let's say. And you mentioned yourself, we have gone through all kinds of different styles of non-monogamy. Um, is there, let's say, a difference or how do you look at this between going to a swingers club where it's, you know, stereotype, um, more or less just physical <laughs> or um, actually having a date with someone else? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like there is a big difference. Uh, often, often, uh, yeah, there's a big difference. <laughs> okay. Um, when you're going to a swingers club or an event that is just physical, um, obviously you have your own boundaries in place, your own mm -hmm. yeses and nos, the things that you've established are okay for you to do. Um, mm -hmm. And you're aware of what your partner's yeses and nos are and what feels comfortable or uncomfortable for them. Um, same thing happens if you're going on a date, you know, say individually. Um, but it feels more personal, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're building more of a one-on-one -on -one relationship that way, whether it's mm -hmm. friendship or romantic, wh whatever the structure, it's, it just feels more personal, but yeah. Okay. So, um, when, uh, couples, uh, come to you and they want to, let's say, open up their relationship. Um, yeah. So do they, what is their, what kind of desires do you often encounter? Is it like, oh, I, you know, I have difficulty um, allowing someone else in the relationship or is it more like I would like to go to a swingers club or how, what do you encounter? What I've found is that typically when a couple is at a point of coming to me, mm -hmm. like they've already decided we want to open our relationship right. or mm -hmm. we have already started exploring that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, like they're, they're already at that place. Um, so the first thing I tell them is to go slowly. Yeah. Right. You get excited and you just, you want to try everything. So mm -hmm. I always tell people to slow down. Um, mm -hmm. And usually what I see, it, it runs the gamut actually. Some people come to me and they are like, we want to be polyamorous. We are committed to each other. And we also want to open up our hearts to other people. Um, and others come to me and they want, to um, have sex outside of their marriage, right? Like they each want to do their own thing mm -hmm. or they want to explore as a couple. All of those things, I still give them the same base work, mm -hmm. right? Like, like the first thing you have to decide when going into non-monogamy, the yeah. first thing you have to decide is what is monogamy to you? Mm 
Exactly. Right. Like, 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 where are you starting from? What does that look like? What, what, what is the difference between monogamy and non-monogamy? And Mm -hmm. are we on the same page with that? Mm -hmm. That's like the very first thing. And then the next thing is I have all of my clients sit down and fill out a worksheet together of all the different things that, I mean, it it doesn't cover all the things that could come up, but Mm -hmm. a lot of things that people don't think about time-wise, you know, how much time do we have available to give to um, things outside of our relationship, whether that's friendships, hobbies, work, other relationships, sexual exploits. Um, what about finances, mm-hmm. right? Like how do I feel about you paying every time you go out on a date? You know, how, how can our finances handle this? Swingers clubs are not cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, time, finances, Um, And then, you know, like the emotional structure, you know, um, how am I going to feel about seeing you kiss someone else or knowing that you're kissing someone else? How do I feel about knowing that you're having sex with someone else? How do I feel about knowing that you're holding hands with another person and actually sitting down and going over all of these things that maybe you don't think of until it's like in front of your face and you're going, oh, I didn't think of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so those are kind of the first things that I, I go over with, with people is just some real basic ideas of what are you getting into besides the excitement of new sex or new romance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that is um, one, go slow. Yeah. Two, um, how was our how did we define monogamy and how do we define what we are going to do now? What are the options? What do I want? What do you want? What do we want? Um, Three finances, because this, you know, am I paying for your date? How does this work? Swingers club expensive and um, the emotional, um, how do I feel when you are with someone else doing X, Y, Z or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and safety. You have to add safety. That's so important, right? Sexual safety, personal safety, talking about STIs, Mm. testing, um, condoms, barriers, you know, what are the things that that we are going to be doing to make sure that we're safe? Yeah. Yeah. Number five, um, polyamory hygiene talk. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. I always call this the hygiene conversations in polyamory. And I think they are straightforward and opening up, you know, open, being open to vulnerability and consciously choosing like, okay, am I taking a risk here or do we, are we playing safe? But at least you are conscious of it and making a conscious choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Safety is sexy. (laughs) Safety is sexy. Indeed. And also not only like physical safety but also emotional safety and my you know going into polyamory can really be feeling like you're stepping out of our comfort zone of safety because when you're going through the relationship escalator of ah oh, this is how it's supposed to be this can feel really safe and comfy but also for some people really unsatisfying in the short run, long run, whatever, but it's really like, okay, so we're doing this thing. How do I feel 
safe while stepping out of these comfort zones. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the next thing that I usually touch on with people mm. is um, practices and processes to really help each person in the relationship feel safe and secure mm. um, because this is, feel safe and secure in their relationship, but also in themselves, mm. right? Knowing that they have their own back, that they are their own source of unconditional love, because this is like the biggest thing that, that people battle is with jealousy and insecurity and, and even envy yeah. is their sense of safety, their sense of security and their sense of love. Yeah. And so those are the, the other main things that I work with people on is really building those up however mm -hmm. that looks for each individual mm -hmm. um, so that while they're out exploring, they feel like they have a, a solid foundation to land on. Yeah. So uh, would you say uh, non-monogamy going beyond the relationship escalator that is prescribed by our Western society, let's say, um, is that for everyone? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think, um, you know, it's a lot of work. Relationships are a lot of work, mm -hmm. right? With anybody, friendships even. Relationships are a lot of work. And when you add more relationships, you're adding more work. <laughs> you know? Um, and no, monogamy is such a valid relationship choice. It's so mm -hmm. good for so many people. Mm -hmm. And it's not the the thing it's not like the best it's not the one and it doesn't work for everyone polyamory doesn't work for everyone um open swinging relationships wouldn't work for everyone i think it really comes down to what um what feels really true for you yeah and why does it work for you what do you get out of going beyond the relationships that fit in the box Wow, there's so many things that I love about it. Mm. Um, my favorite is probably just this commitment to growth and evolution within myself, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm, I constantly am having to um, figure out what's going on with me. You can't just be comfortable and ignore emotional triggers or ignore um, what's happening with my partners. I just, it's a constant path of learning more about myself, learning more about people. Um, and then there's the excitement, right? Like I have a really great sex life, <laughs> um, but I also have a really fulfilling romantic life. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, there have been several conversations. My husband and I have had lots of conversations, like, you know, when things were hard, when I, one of us was battling jealousy or insecurity and you know we said we could we could close the relationship we could be monogamous and every single time I said no absolutely not I would not mm -hmm. trade this for being comfortable yeah right. yeah. yeah so um would you like to share a bit about those challenges that you faced and why you then decided no I really want to do this non-monogamy lifestyle yeah I have always considered myself to be possessive and jealous mm -hmm. like as main personality traits 
<laughs> and those are not traits that have ever served me in any positive way. Mm-hmm. So when I decided I didn't want to be monogamous again, I also was making a very conscious choice to work on those personality traits that I knew were really strong within me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's jealousy is a big one. Mm-hmm. Right. And every time I am like, stabbed in the heart with like this intense jealousy or, or uh, like fear. I always Mm -hmm. go, okay, this is a, this is a flag. This is a signpost telling me I have something I need to explore deeper because this reaction I'm having isn't because of what my partner's doing. I mean, that's, that's the thing that triggered it, but that's not really what's happening. What's Mm -hmm. happening is deeper than that. Right. Am I, I'm scared that he's going to leave me. I'm scared that I'm going to be abandoned. Or I'm scared that um, somebody else is going to be better than me. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, what if I'm not the best lover he's ever had? Oh, what does that mean about me? Oh no. (laughs) I mean, this is like a real thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And and I've also traced, like I've gone deep, deep, deep feeling jealous about my two partners going and having a date, for example, Mm -hmm. going, okay, like I'm feeling jealous, but what is this really? Okay. It's this insecurity and gone back to like, I remember being 10 years old and all of my girlfriends going and playing without me. And like that hurt so bad. And I felt like, Oh, I wasn't good enough to hang out with my friends. They don't like me anymore. You know, like this little girl inside of me going, my friends don't want to play with me. Mm. They'll never want to play with me again. And going, I'm still doing that same thing as a 40 year old woman with my partners who are going and enjoying a great date and it doesn't mean anything about me. They still love me, you know, and I'm even doing something fun on my own, (laughs) but here's this little, uh, you know, 10 year old girl inside of me going, but my friends don't want to play with me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So just that, that digging deeper and finding what are the, the sources of my fears and my insecurities and then how can I love myself so fully that that those don't override my relationship Mm -hmm. wow that sounds really beautiful and I can relate it's you know it can be really really challenging but it brings me also deeper into myself and actually also creates like really authentic love um because you're not hiding anything it's like oh i really have to deal with this otherwise it's not working out and if i am not looking at this then we cannot sustain this relationship style and it will end bad and this is what i really really desire and there is such a deep love and there is this amazing sexuality and these amazing possibilities but I have to look into myself. Like it's just not comfortable every time, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. It's this deep, authentic love that arises through going into these, well, let's say uncomfortable states and see what's beyond. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, one thing that you mentioned and that I was curious about, <clears throat> you sorry, you didn't mention it in this conversation, but I read it uh, on your description. Uh, you say um, ethical non-monogamy. 
um, why do you say ethical non-monogamy? Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, <clears throat> so if we go back to um, what most people think of as monogamy, mm -hmm. right? A, a committed relationship between two people where you don't um, share physical affection with anyone outside of it or even necessarily uh, emotional connection, typically with the opposite sex, which doesn't make any sense to me, but <laughs> um, then, then when people think of non-monogamy, if that's, if that's their only idea of monogamy, mm -hmm. non-monogamy, usually it's cheating, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's clearly not ethical. So when I say ethical, ethical non-monogamy, I'm referring to being transparent and honest with everyone involved about what your desires are, what your actions are, um, what your intentions are. Yeah. And, and vice versa, you know, that everyone involved is, is being transparent and honest rather than having a uh, secretive outside relationship or um, cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It sums up what you kind of described um, before. And it's, uh, yeah, it creates this authenticity and it might be a little bit uncomfortable every now and then, but it serves uh, everyone involved the most, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, okay. it does. It does take a, a big commitment to... Um, being transparent and honest, like that can be hard. Yeah. Right. Even if it's not, it can be hard to talk to your partner about finances, right? Like, like, Oh, I spent money I shouldn't have spent. And now do I hide it or do I tell my partner? Mm -hmm. Right. The same thing can be, can be said for, for all sorts of areas in a relationship, not just sexuality. And so it does take a commitment to being vulnerable and honest and creating a safe space in your relationship that allows for being open and honest. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Authentic relating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you desire to share with people who might be listening to you talking, talking about your experiences and your embodied knowledge of polyamory? Is there anything you would like to add you haven't said? Hmm. Just think it's super important to I mean I said this already it's just really important to uh, to figure out what it is that really feeds you and 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 makes you thrive in your desires and in your relationship and be open and honest with your partner about that whether it goes anywhere or not right like even just having the conversation uh, making it okay to talk about sexual fantasies, mm. desire, doesn't mean that you have to do it. It doesn't mean you have to open your relationship, but just having those conversations and creating a space where it's okay to talk about your thoughts <laughs> can go so far in creating a conscious relationship, in creating a relationship where you feel safe, where you feel heard, where you feel like you have a partner. And you don't have to hide pieces of yourself because yeah. your parents wouldn't have said this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if 
anyone has any troubles um, going there and or having a lot of anxiety about it, whether they desire to be in a monogamous relationship or not, um, they are welcome to come to you to explore, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I have links on my website, www.eliciapain.com. And I'm sure there's a link with this video. Um, and I'm also on Instagram and I put a lot of great content on there. Um, and I'm always open for a conversation. Yes. Well, I would definitely recommend to check her website out and check more out of her work because um, she's a lovely being. I had the honor to meet her in person for a week <laughs> long. <laughs> and um, yeah, happy to have had this conversation. And um, yeah. Thank you so much, Miriam. I love chatting with you. <laughs> well, just a big yes and a big heart for conscious relationships, uh, authentic relating um, in whatever shape or form. I guess yeah. that's already relationships outside of the box, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, I guess bye for now. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm.